God didn't even know you could play the piano. Amen. Bless him. You appreciate all these young people. Amen. Hallelujah. Miss Kim, did you teach her? All right. Isn't that a blessing? Amen. I think to be a member of Bible Baptist Church, I think you have to play a piano. I mean, uh, I don't know. Some of us got in before that, so we're grandfathered in. Amen. But uh, I tell you, so many people around here can, uh, the Lord's blessed, and I thank God for uh, the good talent. I say this to every young person. Just remember this. It's never your talent. You've got to have a touch. Thank God for talent. But you know something about talent? It only goes so far. Amen. I tell you, that touch is what makes the difference. And uh, you girls, all you girls, all you young boys, you live right all the days of your life. And if you'll live right and do right uh, and you'll sing and serve God, God will put a touch on your life. Amen. Uh, don't let sin get in your life. Isn't that right? Don't let people uh, pull you in the wrong direction. You stay right all the days of, of your life. Second Samuel chapter 23. And I want to do something tonight in, uh, concerning the text that I don't normally do. I think you'll understand once you get there tonight. Second uh, Samuel chapter 23. And for, I don't know, some time I've been uh, preaching out of this chapter. Didn't really intend to go through this chapter uh, this way, but the Lord just led me this way, dealing with uh, leadership and uh, preaching these messages. And I think it's so needed in this hour in our churches, in our homes, and definitely even in our country today. Uh, there's such a lack of leadership. And uh, God's just led me through this. And Lord willing, I'll have this message tonight and one more message uh, that the Lord gave me in chapter 24 that we want to preach. But tonight, I, I want to do something different tonight. If you'll stand with us just for the reverence of God's Word and prayer, uh, I want to just read uh, two verses of Scripture in our text. I'm going to read the first verse, and then I'm going to read the last verse. And I'm going to show you why tonight. If you look with me in Second uh, Samuel chapter 23... I'm going to read verse 23, and then I'm going to read verse 39. And if you look at verse 24 down through verse number 38, I bet you can figure out exactly why I'm not going to read this text. Amen? Uh, we need Alexander Scorby here tonight to uh, read the text to us. So, uh, But I will deal with it tonight as the Lord has laid it upon my heart. And so let's read these verses and have prayer, and then you can be seated. Uh, 2 Samuel chapter 23, and look at verse number 23. Now this verse is talking about Benign uh, that we preached about the other night. And the Bible said that he was more honorable than the 30. Notice that, the 30. But he attended not to the first three. And David set him over his guard. Then look at verse number 39. Uriah the Hittite, 30 and 7 in all. Heavenly Father, I pray now tonight that you would help us and touch us these next few moments. I pray that you would touch us physically and spiritually. Lord, give us the words and the wisdom to speak, and may you be glorified. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated tonight. I read this text tonight in relation to the fact that uh, there's so many names that are mentioned here 
uh, that when we look at these names, very difficult to pronounce, but uh, not impossible by no means tonight, but I'll save you the, the time of butchering the text and trying to read it to simply give you the thought that God has laid upon my heart. When we come to 2 Samuel chapter 23, we know that David begins this chapter by highlighting one of the most important things as he's giving his last words, he's talking about leadership. And then the Bible begins to mention as we have the last words of this great leader opening this chapter here. It mentions David's mighty men. It talks about in this text here tonight, it talks about Edino, the leader that was trustworthy, Eliezer the leader that would not quit it talks about uh, Shammah the leader that would not back up even when he had to stand alone he stood right in the middle of everything and then it talks about uh, Abishai, it talks about the honorable leader and then Benaiah the Christ like leader and then we come to these men that are mentioned in this text now one of the reasons that I read the first verse and the last verse was not just because of the difficulty of mentioning all the names that are in between these two verses but I wanted to highlight something tonight as this chapter highlights the notable three, those three mighty men that David mentioned and then it mentions the next three as as the Bible talks about there was three other men but it was not the first three the Bible says but then it comes to the number 30 here in verse number 23 the Bible talks about Benai and said that he was more honorable than the 30. Uh, But notice when you get to verse number 39, after it's listed all these men here, it lists the last one being Uriah the Hittite, and it says here 37 in all. Now if you think about that, the Bible talks about there being 30, and then the last verse mentions there being 30 and 7 in all. If you go back to verse number 13, uh, the Bible says, and 3 of the 30 chief went down. So it's mentioning these 30 here and we'll say more about that in just a moment if we won't turn there but if you go to 1 Chronicles chapter number 11 uh, we also have a second list of these but when you compare Samuel's list to the list in 1 Chronicles chapter 11 uh, we find that there's some of the names uh, on Samuel's list that's missing from the list of 1 Chronicles chapter 11 in fact there are 16 more names that are mentioned in 1 Chronicles 11 that are mentioned here and this closes with 37 men rather than there being 30. Now why is there a difference in the number? Why is there a difference in all the names? I'll simply mention it for this reason tonight. Uh, Number one is because uh, uh, that it was interchangeable as some of those men were dying uh, they were replaced Uh, as some would go into battle and they would lose their life uh, someone else would step in their place. Uh, uh, Someone else would step up uh, and there's Therefore, when it began with that number 30, we find out in reality as some became casualties in the battle, uh, uh, thank God there was somebody that was there that could take their place. You know, tonight, I'm glad that though we're in the fight and we're in the battle tonight for the Lord and right, uh, one of these days he's going to call me away. He may call you away. We may all go out in the rapture. But I'll tell you, there's some comfort tonight in knowing uh, that if he calls me out, there's somebody that's going to step in if it calls you out there's somebody else that's going to step in you see the work don't die with me and the work doesn't die with you because the work didn't begin with me and the work didn't begin with you it began with the mighty man just like this chapter starts off with David the mighty man I want to 
want to tell you this started with the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, he is the sure foundation that everything is built upon tonight. Uh, and I'm glad that when I pass off the scene and when you pass off the scene, uh, uh, God's still got more soldiers in the battle. There's going to always be a remnant. There's always going to be a faithful few. Uh, there's always going to be a Bible thumping crowd uh, that's going to hang with it and stay with it in these last days. Uh, we may be the minority, uh, but thank God we're here until the captain of our salvation comes. Uh, and I got news for this world, even when we're gone, uh, they've not seen the last of us. Amen. Uh, uh, we're coming back. Amen. Uh, at the end of that tribulation. And so one reason there's a difference in the number is because that when some would pass off, uh, uh, there was others that would step in. And then another reason uh, is because the name, the 30, uh, became a code name uh, for those men who were listed here as the exceptional soldiers of David. Uh, that was the code name, uh, the 30. That's what they started with. Uh, and when one would fall out, another would replace. Uh, you see, what we have in this text tonight uh, is that we have these exceptional soldiers. Uh, uh, David had the inner circle uh, being Adino, uh, who was the chief that sat uh, in that seat there. He was the military advisor. There was Adino, there was Eleazar, there was Shammah, and then he had a second three. The Bible gives two of them in this chapter here. And then we come to the number to the number 30. You see these men tonight, uh, uh, they did not hold the high ranking position uh, that those other men held. Uh, uh, these are not the names of famous men, although some of them were famous. Uh, uh, but the intention of the list tonight is not to elevate them to their fame. Uh, it's not to separate them out uh, as it did those other military advisors uh, and those special soldiers that fought those mighty men. Uh, but the reason that this list is given is because it's not to mention them as, fa as famous men, but it's to mention them as faithful men. Amen. You see, these were men uh, that were willing to put everything on the line uh, and be an exceptional soldier. They didn't have a high position. They didn't have a high ranking, uh, but they were dedicated. They were loyal. They were faithful to the leader that God had put in their life. Amen. There's a major lack of leadership today. And Saul had officers. And Saul's men were not like these men. You see, my friend, these were men that Saul had men that could not be trusted. They were men that were disloyal. They were men that uh, their loyalty to service, uh, Saul had to bribe, bribe them because they were all about what they could get out of the situation. That's the kind of men that, that Saul produced. And the reason for that is because Saul himself was that way. Saul was a type of the, fle is a type of the flesh. Uh, and Saul was all about himself and what he could get. And being the leader that he was, uh, that's the type of leadership that he produced. Uh, but it was not that way with David. Uh, David produced men that were loyal. Uh, David produced men that would have died for him as their leader. These were men that were loyal because of the cause. Uh, they were men that could be trusted uh, uh, to be loyal in his absence. Amen. And you know that's the mark of a trustworthy leader is one that, uh, that is what they say and what they do in the absence uh, of the one that is over them. These men that we see in this text tonight, that's the kind 
kind of men they were. Even though they didn't have a high ranking, even though they didn't have a high position, they was loyal to the commander in chief. They was willing to be faithful even in the absence of David. They was willing to do right. They were men of integrity. They were men of discipline. Why? Because that's the way they had been led. That's the way they had been taught. And with that thought in mind tonight, I want to preach on this subject a few minutes tonight. I want to preach on the results of good leadership. The results of good leadership. You see, I think too many times what happens is is that we want the best for our children. We want our children to do right. We want our children to, to live for God. And we raise the bar high for our children and rightfully so. But I want to tell you tonight, our children will not be any more spiritual than what we are. If we raise the bar high for our children, but we don't raise it for ourselves and provide a good example of what good leadership is, uh, the chances of them living for God are little to none. You realize that? You say, well, I know a situation where it worked out. Well, friend, that's the exception, but it's not the rule. Amen. I'm telling you the rule is tonight, uh, if you want somebody to follow in the right direction, you're going to have to lead them in that direction. Amen. I think there's preachers tonight, uh, they want the bar high for their church. Uh, They want the heart bar high for the people that sit in the pews. Uh, Hey, but what's good for you is good for me. And I can't go one way and expect you to go another way. We've got to pull in the same direction. And everything starts at the top. Uh, Responsibility starts at the top. Uh, I'm telling you, friend, tonight, uh, listen, obligation starts at the top. Uh, And we lead by example. Can I get an amen right there? And David had done that in his life. No, David wasn't perfect. And no, David wasn't sinless. But David had been a good leader. David had led these men in the right direction. And when we come to this text tonight, I ask myself this one question as I look at these lists of names. I'm not looking at them tonight individually, although that would be a great study, but it would be a long, exhausting study. But can I say tonight, I'm not looking at them as individuals, but I'm looking at them collectively tonight as they serve David. I'm asking myself this question, What does this list of names, what do these men have in common tonight? No great title, no great recognition, but hear me tonight, they're named. Your name is recorded tonight. They're numbered. They counted to God and so do you tonight. They're needed. As great of a man as David and these mighty men were, they could not have done it without this list of men That was with them. You see, tonight you're more than a statistic. It doesn't matter from the youngest uh, to the eldest tonight in this church. Every single person is needed. Every single person is important. This church is not about the pastor. This church is not about the deacon board. This church is not about the Sunday school teachers. Uh, this, uh, this, This church is not about deep pockets tonight. I'm glad there's no daddy rabbit, amen. There's no, hey listen, there's no mama rabbit around here neither. Somebody say it, man, right there. Ain't nobody running a show in this place but Jesus. Can I get an amen? You say, well, preacher, you're the one that calls the shots. No, I'm the one that ought to be shot tonight. If the truth be not told, I'm telling you, outside the grace and the mercy of God, I'm just handing down orders as it's handed down to me. You're not my church. It's not, you're not my people. This isn't my pulpit. It all belongs to him. Can I get a witness on that tonight? I'm telling you, this is his church. And we are his people. And we're the sheep of his pastor. Amen. It's not going to be about me by the grace of God. And it's 
not going to be about somebody else. But we're going to do what that sign says up there. We're going to make much of Jesus all the days of our life. And if we'll make much of him, God will be good to us. I'm just simply saying tonight, we ought to have in common what they had in common. You say, what did they have in common, preacher? I want to say number one. When I think about these men, these were men who were loyal tonight. Every one of these men was loyal to David. They were loyal to David in honorable times. They were loyal to David in happy times when things were going good and things were going smooth in David's life. But they were also loyal to David in hard times. And they were loyal to David in heated times. I'm talking about when the heat was turned up. These men stepped to the forefront. Hey, that's what you've got to have in a good church. And that's what you've got to have in a good home. Amen. Hey, mother, you need to be loyal. Wife, you need to be loyal to your husband. Can I get an amen right there? I mean, listen, don't let daddy say one thing and you go tell them children another, amen? Don't ever use the phrase, well, don't tell your daddy about this, amen? I'm telling you, that'll ruin your children and raise rebels. But listen, and dad, you stand by mother's side, amen? I'm telling you, when she's cooked and cleaned and worked all day and cleaned that house, don't you come home and throw your stuff around and be a slob. Can I get an amen right there? I'm telling you, come home, leave your boots at the front door, and come in and listen, take care of the place. You say, I worked all day and I'm tired. So is she. Can I get a witness right there? I'm just talking about it's in that verse somewhere. You'll have to find that in the Greek. But I'm just simply saying this. There's got to be some loyalty one to another, amen. In the home, in the church, amen. Hey, don't get in a Sunday school class and make this statement. I don't think nobody's this dumb. Well, I know preacher said this, but I don't agree with that. You're fired the moment you make that statement. Can I get an amen right there? You say, I don't like that. Well, then you're fired right now. Can I get an amen right there? Because it's not your class no more than it's my pulpit tonight. But we do have people who are accountable. That's the pastor. I'll stand in the judgment seat. Amen. And I don't take that lightly. I say that fearfully. I don't want to have to give an account for any more than I have to give an account for. But all I'm saying, I've seen churches where, listen, a Sunday school teacher would get off and they'd start saying things and they'd start stirring the devil up in the church. And that's not happening here. I know that. But I'm preaching on it so it don't never start. Can I get an amen? I know you agree the same way I do. But we're to teach this book. Now, we may not agree on everything doctrine. There might, and I'm talk, talking about major doctrine. There may be some things that maybe I might see uh, some things, uh, small details some uh, uh, differently than what you would, but, but we come together, isn't that right? Uh, and we teach the principles and the basic doctrines of the Word of God. I'm just saying tonight, there's got to be loyalty. And that's not just for the pews. Uh, I believe the man of God's got to be loyal to the church. Can I get a witness right there? I wouldn't give you a plug nickel for a preacher to run off to a revival meeting and run his church down. Amen. I wouldn't care. Listen, if we're having, if I was neck deep in problems, I'm not telling another church about it. 
I'm not going to go off to another church and, and say something bad about some member in the church. Uh, I'm telling you, there ought to be some loyalty amongst the membership and we stick together. We may not always agree on everything, uh, but I tell you what family does. We stick together. Can I get a witness right there? Uh, we loyal. We love each other. And these men were loyal. We're living in a time when people don't want to be committed. They don't want to be loyal. And they'll listen. They'll pull a Hank Snow on you uh, and they'll turn in a heartbeat the minute trouble comes. Uh, you can't do nothing with a crowd like that, uh, but you sure can do something with a crowd like this. Uh, the reason they were exceptional soldiers uh, is because they was willing to stand with David when others were not willing to stand. Uh, they were willing to step up uh, and be loyal to God's man. Hallelujah. I'm talking about they were loyal when their kingdom was being attacked. They were loyal when the king was being attacked. I tell you, if you're in leadership, you mark it down, whether it be on the job, whether it be anywhere else in life. Uh, listen, there's going to be times uh, when your character is going to be attacked, your decisions, your motives are going to be attacked, your words are going to be misused. Uh, people go off and say, you said something, and they'll either not listen, it'll either be a total lie, something you didn't say, or it will not be in the context that you said it in. I'm going to tell you, if anybody ever tells you I said something, you won't make me mad if you come ask me. But don't take, just, just because somebody says, well, preacher said, you better weigh that out. Because you don't know the context somebody might be saying that, Brother Tim. Somebody could come up and say, hey, uh, and ask me a question. And I could give an answer and they could go off and say something like this. Well, you know, preacher, he's, he told me such and such. You see the difference of that context? Well, I did tell them because they asked. But I didn't go to them and just sell out information. Well, it's getting quiet in here tonight. Don't worry, it'll get worse as we go. <laughs> you see, good leadership will produce those kind of men over time because they learn loyalty. I'm not talking about loyalty to a fault. I'm talking about loyalty to the bounds of this book. Amen. As long as a man of God is standing in this book, as long as he's doing what's right, not something unscriptural, not something immoral, not something that's shady. Can I get an amen right there? Hey, preachers don't need to be shady either. Amen. I think everything ought to be in black and white. It ought to be out there for everything. I'm telling you, listen, I mean, look, uh, uh, listen, if we bought a stick of chewing gum, you know what I like about Brother Wilson? He can run a chart on it. I mean, can I get an amen right here? I love it. Well, he, he said, how, how detailed do you want to get? I said, as detailed as you can get. Is that right tonight? Hey, we got nothing to hide, amen? Nothing to hide, amen? I mean, if we buy a pack of chewing gum, we want, and we hadn't bought any, so don't get nervous, amen? But if we bought a pack of chewing gum, we want to know if there's five sticks in it or seven, amen? Isn't that right? We want to know if we bought it. I started to say Revco. Some of y'all wouldn't even know what that was. Huh? But we want to know if you bought it at CVS or, or Walgreens, huh? and we want to know who bought it. Can we get an amen right there? I'm talking about that's just accountability. That's just putting everything in its right place. That's just keeping things honest. And when you do that, it's easier to be loyal. Isn't that right? Talking about tonight, these men, what they had in common is they were loyal. Secondly, I'll tell you what they had in common is that these men, they did not leave. You know what I like about these men? They stayed with David. Brother, they didn't leave. 
when the battle got strong. I'm telling you, they stood by David. They stayed with David. They sacrificed for David and they served with David. I tell you what I liked about David. David was willing to get on a battlefield with them. Amen. He didn't sit on the throne and when he did, he got in trouble. Amen. When he stayed home, when kings went to battle. I'm reminded of another text where David fought to the point that physically he wasn't able to get in the battle like he used to be. And them boys pulled him out and said, David, you let us fight this battle. You've got to the place where you can't fight it like you used to. You let us take the giants out. But I'll tell you, I appreciate a man that was willing to serve along the side with those men and was willing to get out in the trenches, amen, and just labor. And they labor together. And they didn't leave him, amen. Don't you thank God for people that'll show up Wednesday night for church and people that'll stay with you and have some longevity in their church membership and raise their family in that church and raise them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. Hey, you can't do anything hopping here and hopping there, being here two years and being there two years. You've got to nail your, your tent stakes down and stay someplace. Everything's not going to be right. Everything's not going to be perfect. But I'll tell you, God will bless you if you'll stay with the man as long as he stays with the book. Amen. As long as the man's preaching the Bible, I'm going to stay with him. Amen. Tonight, these men, they did not leave. Why do people leave? Sometimes they leave because they don't like the decisions that leadership makes. We're not taking polls. Can we get an amen? We live in a day when churches will take polls. That's the silliest thing I ever heard. That's not leadership. And then listen, if I wasn't a pastor tonight, I wouldn't join a church, amen, where you had to vote on, on listen, uh, what kind of toilet paper you put in the, in, in the bathroom, whether it was uh, uh, whether it was one ply or two ply. Who cares, amen? Uh, I wouldn't go to a church uh, where, listen, the preacher got up and said, well, uh, what kind of service would y'all like to have? Uh, how would you like to do things around here? Uh, uh, some of y'all looking a little funny at me, right? right now, but I'm just telling you that's the way it is. I don't want to go to a church where it's run by the people. That's what Laodicean means, ruled by the people. I want a man of God to get along with God and pray and find the mind of God and the will of God. I want to be somewhere where I walk and listen and hear the voice of God. I want to go in the direction and God is going. Amen. Sometimes that means you don't always like the decisions. Now, I wouldn't be mad at you about that. Just don't bother me too much about it. And I'll tell you why I don't get mad about that. I don't even like some of the decisions I make. I remember one time, it's been a few years, probably been eight, nine years ago. I had to do something one night. Boy, I'm telling you, a lady in this church, she got mad. And it was written all over her face. And I knew standing up here, the Holy Ghost said, she's mad. I said, Lord, what am I going to do about it? And she was coming out that door, and I, I grabbed, when she come by, I could tell she was mad. And so I, I grabbed her hand, and I said, hey. I said, what's wrong? She said, I'm mad. I said, I am too. Well, she looked like some of y'all looking at me right now. I said, you mad about the decision I made? She said, yes, now. I said, I'm as mad as you are about it. She looked confused. She said, well, why did you do it? I said, because God told me to do that. You see, I don't get to do what I want to do. And thank God I'd ruin this church if I started calling the shots around here. And I know you believe all this. But I'm telling you tonight from the depths of my soul, I don't want to do one thing that God doesn't want to do around here. I mean that. 
I mean that from the... I'm telling you, I don't want to do anything that he doesn't want us to do. It doesn't get his approval on it. You say, why, it'll grieve the Holy Ghost. It, it'll hurt every one of us tonight. I know that uh, more than anybody. And can I tell you, if I had one prayer request, it would be this. Uh, pray for me that I will always do the will of God because I'm telling you tonight, that's one of the greatest fears I have uh, is that I would uh, do something without his leadership, do something that without his approval, Approval. I'm telling you, it could bring great. Uh, it could bring great consequences. I, I don't want to do anything that's not the will of God tonight. What I see about these folks is they didn't leave. You know, I thank God for people that that have just stayed all these years. I came here 23 years old, and I thought the other day, I thought, man, I don't know if I'd want a 23 year old pastor. I, you came here when I was I was 24. Well, I appreciate you, Brother Laddie. Miss Allen, I appreciate y'all and, and these others. I mean, I don't know how you put up with me. I'm just going to be honest with you. I don't know how you do now, but I sure don't know how you did then. And uh, I look back on that. I have a deep appreciation for people that just stay. You know, you're going to make mistakes, aren't you? You're going to make them. I'm going to make them. But we just got to stick it out, don't we? Young person, young couple, stay. Stick it out. When your best friends leave, you stay. Hey, when your family leaves, we don't run in caravans. You stay. You say, well, mama left. I probably, no, you don't go because mama leaves. Can I, I'm just, please say amen tonight because I'm telling you, it's just going to, I mean, it's just how it is. You don't leave because mama leaves. You don't leave because daddy leaves. I'm talking about when you're married. I'm not talking about when, they, when you're still at home. I'm talking about there's some people that when one head of the house of the caravan leaves, they all pull out. Hey, that's not what it is, amen. I'm talking about every one of us as individual family units tonight. We're to do God's will for our life, amen. And the will of God is we gotta stay someplace. Even as a pastor, you can't stay, you can't leave because maybe the grass looks greener on the other side. You gotta stay where God puts you, amen. And you need to have to keep your heart there all the days. Let God keep your heart there. It's not about something bigger. It's not about something better. It's not about something else. I'm telling you what it's about. It's about being in the center of the will of God. It's the happiest place on planet earth. It's being right smack dab in the center of the will of God. But you're going to have to learn. You can't leave when hard times come. Amen. You got to stay. He would say, well, preacher, I thought about leaving. Oh, get your thumb out of your mouth. Big old baby. I'm not trying to be mean. I just Wednesday. Y'all the best crowd I know, okay? I love you. But I'm telling you, you ever heard people say, I just thought about leaving. Why, you big old baby? Joseph went to a pit. Daniel went to a lion's den. The Hebrew boys went to a, to a fiery furnace. Jeremiah went to prison. And Jesus went to a cross. Uh, and things get a little bit hard. And some people don't even think about going back to the church that God put them in. Uh, God, help your sorry soul. I'm telling you, uh, you have to learn to stick it out. Stay there. And listen, I ought to be preaching this on Sunday morning, shouldn't I? Amen. Uh, I'm saying, listen, uh, God honors this crowd. They did not leave. Amen. Amen. Then I'll say tonight, they were men who did not leave. They were men tonight who, who were loyal. And they were men tonight who labored. Listen to me. They, they were warriors. 
They were workers. Uh, you know what I love about this church is that people are willing to work. And I thank God tonight that this church could not operate like it does without people like you that are willing to, to get involved. You know, you think about a meal on a Wednesday night. I don't even know what that involves, but it involves several working together, doesn't it? You think about uh, just choir practice, the people to play the instruments, and the choir leader couldn't do it without the people playing the instruments. And the people playing the instruments and the choir leader couldn't do it without the people that's willing to sacrifice and come. You say, what's the big deal about going to choir practice? Well, it may not be a big deal to you, but it is to the people that prepare and the people that, that come. It's a big deal to other people. You say, but it's all the time. It ought to be all the time because one day we're going to sing in heaven's choir. Amen. And I'll tell you to sing for God. What a privilege. What an opportunity. But thank people. But it's labor. You don't have a good choir by accident. You don't have a good Sunday school a class by accident. No, that teacher's got to labor. He's got he's to take, hey, listen, Sunday school teacher, it's going to take more than 45 minutes to get a lesson together. It's going to take more than just throwing something together on a Saturday night. You've got to start on Monday. And I know you work and you've got things going on, but you've got to work throughout the week and labor and put that lesson together so it'll be everything that God wants it to be. They're coming expecting something and they don't need it. They don't need something to half warmed up or half put together. If you can't do better than that or if you're not willing to do better than that, you need to give it up and let somebody who will. Now, I'm simply saying tonight it takes labor to have a a good Sunday school lesson. It takes labor to have anything. You've got to be willing to labor. And I know this isn't true here and I thank God. There's a lot of people that want to be recognized but they don't want to labor. These were men who labored. These were men who laid down their lives. Not all of them died but some of them did, didn't they? Uriah died in the heat of the battle, didn't he? The last man listed, he died for David when David wasn't even right with God. Uriah was faithful to the end. And Uriah died serving the greatest king, serving the greatest nation, serving and being faithful in a time when his own leader was unfaithful. But he still did what was laid out before him. He still did what his obligation and his orders was. You know, being faithful isn't always about everybody around us doing what they're supposed to be doing. It's not about my faithfulness and yours. It doesn't depend on, well, so and so's not pulling their end of the slack and so I'm getting tired of pulling all the slack myself. Well, you may get tired and I may get tired but we still have to be faithful. David stayed home in a time of battle and it cost Uriah his life but Uriah went to the forefront of the battle. Joab just mistreated him but he followed the orders that was passed down knowing what was going to happen in the end. I'm sure Uriah knew what would probably happen in the end but I'll tell you he died a faithful man and I want to die a faithful ma'am don't you I want you to die faithful a church member tonight but these were men who were willing to lay down their lives they were men who were willing to listen they followed the orders that was given and they were men who loved their commander in chief I, I say this in closing tonight as they get us a song ready I read this list of names and I thought to myself I'll never get through that list And I read these list of names and here's what I thought. I let Alexander read it several times over to me. And as he was reading that list and I was going down through there, this is the thought that occurred to me. Their name was on the list because they were exceptional soldiers. 
They went above and beyond and was faithful to the end. And the Holy Ghost spoke to me. Will you be an exceptional soldier? Will you serve? Well, I serve tonight, not based on a title, not based on a position, not based on recognition. But will I do the right thing in the right place just because it's the right thing to do? And will I do it for our commander-in-chief who is not the pastor? The commander-in-chief is the Lord Jesus Christ. Isn't that right? He's the one tonight that's in charge. As we stand to our feet, our heads are bowed, eyes are closed for just a moment. The results of David being a good leader was that David produced good men. And I'm going to tell you tonight, Jesus Christ, He's the greatest leader that ever led. And He takes some of the baddest, some of the sorriest, the most wickedest men, and He changes them. And I know there's nothing good about us. There is none good, the Bible says. But any goodness that may be found in us is because of Him tonight. And I want to be a good soldier. I want to be like these men. I want to be loyal to Him, faithful to Him to the very end. And tonight, if you need to use the altar, some have already come. Brother Sam will sing. If you need to come tonight, you do what God would have you to do.